Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Safe and Brave podcast. My name is Sammy, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alina, Audrey, and Rikia. The goal of our podcast is to empower nurses and nursing students of diverse backgrounds and identities to become competent leaders and advocates within educational and professional settings. This month, we're going to do something different and talk about our origin stories. Like any TV show, movie, or book, there's always one chapter or episode which dives into the background of the main characters and their journey towards the present situation. Before Audrey, Alina, Rikia, and I discuss our individual journeys into the nursing profession, I would like to take some time to talk about how Safe and Brave came to be. The events from last summer, the, the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, hit me really hard. Not to say that the deaths of other Black folks didn't impact me, they definitely did, but the deaths of those two were the tipping point for me. I was done being an, an observer to these tragedies and doing nothing about it. I was sick and tired of witnessing events playing out the exact same way without ever seeing justice. I was tired of people asking the same questions and also acting clueless on how to address these issues, especially when the solution to these problems were very clear. And to be honest, fear was the major force behind this coalition and podcast. When everyone was saying, I want things to go back to normal, that was terrifying to me. In my mind, going back to normal meant going back to the continued acceptance of these violent actions and behaviors, and I definitely didn't want that. During the summer last year, I participated in the White Coats for Black Lives protest. It was empowering, and it was also amazing to witness the solidarity at a large scale. However, I knew I needed to do more, especially long-term. However, I couldn't really figure out the best way to do that until I read about coalitions on the Community Toolbox website through one of my classes. After getting an understanding of what coalitions do, I realized that creating a coalition would be the best way to use my voice. And that, reala- and that realization led me to creating Safe and Brave, a nursing coalition for diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. In the process of building Safe and Brave, I reached out to a couple classmates who wanted to be involved and also were interested in further developing the mission and the vision. So right now, it's just the four of us, me, Alina, Audrey, and Rakia. And it's been really great getting to know each other individually and as a team, as we work together to empower nurses from all backgrounds and identities in becoming confident leaders and advocates. Now that you have heard our origin story, it's time for you, our wonderful audience, to learn more about us, our journey into nursing, and our experiences in the nursing profession. Hi all, I'm Rakia and I use she, her pronouns. I am a first year Bachelor of Nursing student and I am open to all kinds of specialties within the nursing field, but specifically in mental health and psychiatric care. Hi everyone, my name is Alina. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a graduate student and I have been a pediatric nurse for two years. Hello, lovely humans. My name is Audrey. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest and have been a nurse for almost 11 years, and I'm currently a doctoral student in nursing. Hey, my name is Sammy. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I'm also a doctoral student in nursing. 
and I've been a nurse for six years now. So I'm kind of curious, everybody, um, as to why we all decided to go into the wonderful world of nursing. So who wants to go first? I can start. When I was reflecting on why I chose nursing, I was thinking back to my high school self where I was really trying to focus on what profession I wanted to go into. And I knew that I always wanted to be in a service-oriented profession. So I was thinking about becoming a, a doctor or a teacher, specifically a high school teacher. And then as I was coming to college, I was thinking about becoming a counselor or psychologist. And that's where I learned about the blend that nursing can have in terms of building the bridge between like the community and healthcare. And I really appreciated that. And I thought that like nurses really focus on the whole individual. And so that's why I started leaning more towards nursing and then soon decided to take part in the nursing major and really develop those skills. I like how you talked about bridging the gap between the community. For me, I, you know, when I was in like eighth grade, I did a whole presentation in one of my classes on how I was going to become a cardiothoracic surgeon. Um, and looking back on it now, it, you know, it, I chuckle, but at the same time, it, you know, I think for me, it was more about, I have a very like ambitious streak. And so I felt like if I wanted to be the most ambitious, I had to kind of look for the most high intensity, high risk type of profession. And that kind of seemed like it was it. But as I, as I started shadowing, I was volunteering in high school at a, a local hospital. And as I was volunteering, I started noticing that I didn't really, the doctors and surgeons barely had any patient interaction and really had no relationships with the people that they were taking care of. And I saw that the nurses were primarily the ones who were humanizing these experiences for people and, and bringing about the most advocacy in those spaces. And so that was for me when things really shifted. And I, I knew from a pretty young age, 16, 17, that, that was what I wanted to do. And I applied to one school as a primary and one school as a backup. But like, I pretty much knew that like, this was where I wanted to go. And this was what I wanted to study. And, you know, I think I've, that's why I've enjoyed it so much as a profession is that I get to be more relationally invested, not only with my patients, but with my staff and with my coworkers. And I just think nurses have that really unique blend of scientific minds, but also always focusing on the human dignity or at least attempting to. So yeah, for me, that was definitely one of the reasons why I chose nursing is it kind of, it kind of tickled both fancies of the science piece as well as the humanity piece. You know, Audrey, my nursing origin story kind of sounds a little bit similar to you. Like when I was in high school or even before that too, like I always wanted to be a pediatrician. And so that's was the mentality I had like from high school going into college and stuff like that. And then 
things definitely changed by the time I graduated undergrad. And a lot of people probably don't talk about this, but after taking the, the MCAT a couple of times and not getting good scores on it, I was pretty much devastated because I, I knew at that point, like it wasn't possible for me to get into uh, med school, but my parents actually had suggested that I enroll in a accelerated BSN program. And at first I wasn't having it like, because being a doctor was my dream and that's all I thought there was to be like in order to be, in order to help people. However, you know, as an adult, you gotta do things. And so I decided to go to school again and got my ABSN. And then as I, as I started working on the floor, I shared the same thoughts that you have, just being there with patients, the one-on-one -on -one interactions, that human, that, that very humanizing interaction that you have and being truly there to advocate for patients. And it wasn't just focused on the disease process. Um, it's really like focusing on family dynamics, culture, the, the other things that affect health in addition to understanding the disease. And I've ha I have to admit, I've come to over time, definitely come to ground to love nursing for what it is. And I'm glad to be in this profession, even if it wasn't the first place that I wanted to be in professionally. As I'm listening to your stories, I, I kind of chuckle to myself because that is kind of where my journey was as well. I saw different professions in the medical field before I thought about nursing. But the more that I learned about nursing in my undergraduate years, I realize I this the perspective of nurses and the like everyone has been saying like the one-on-one -on -one aspect is like what I value and as a pediatric nurse I really see health as not just encompassing my patient who is a child but also their parents their siblings and that whole family dynamic and what I love about nursing is nursing focuses on different aspects of health and well-being instead of just focusing on the disease. So for me, yes, like I have ambitions. I haven't been a nurse super long before going to grad school, but I hope to be able to take that perspective of nursing and to be able to share that with more people. Yeah, Alina, I, I feel like you also touch on the fact that how of, of how diverse the the world of nursing is and how there are so many different avenues for so many different personality types and that I really feel like it's kind of a one size fits all in the sense that like there is so many opportunities for different types of people within the world of nursing and I just find it I always find it so fascinating when I sit down with groups of groups of nurses from various specialties across the board to see all of these different life experiences, personalities, ways of dealing with conflict, and also passions. And I'm curious, like what drew each of you to the, you know, Rakia, I know that you're in your BSN program, but you know, I'm kind of curious as to like what sorts of things you might be you feel you are feeling drawn to in the future and for Sammy and Alina kind of like what what drew you to your specialty like what what made that specialty kind of feel like it was it was a fit for you at the time thanks Audrey for that question I feel like 
that is what I'm learning about in my first year of nursing school. Like there is so much within nursing that I had no idea about before actually being in nursing school. There are so many specialties, there's so many fields. You can work in the community, you can work in the hospital, you can work in a clinic, you can work as a flight nurse in, in, in a plane. Like there's a whole spectrum. And that is something that I really respect about the career. Before I went into nursing school, I was very set on being uh, like an LND nurse. So that's labor and delivery nurse. Um, but as I am going through the journey of nursing school, I am really trying to be open to whatever is out there. Um, I am interested in med surge, especially since they are balancing taking care of their patients while working in a system that um, is complex and trying to balance that uh, with the resources that they have. So I'm interested in med surge at this moment. So I'm trying to be open to whatever there is and really go with the flow as I dive into clinicals each quarter and really try to put my whole self into each opportunity I get. But I'd be interested in hearing what you all, uh, what drove you all into your specialty. So I have a question uh, specifically towards Alina and Audrey. In my nursing program, most of the people in my class wanted to go into L&D. And I'm wondering, was it like that for your class uh, when, you when you guys were in undergrad? Uh Yes, there were a lot of there were a lot of people who wanted to go into labor and delivery and or wanted to work at children's and or wanted to work in like pediatric clinics like it was very uh, much the kind of oh gosh, how do I say this while being not critical. I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of. I wasn't seeing a lot of the same level of ambition that I had. And that is not to say that entering into any of those specialties doesn't require a level of ambition. There's, it does. But I think that I went to school with a lot of, I mean, I can say for like, I know for a fact that at least 40% of the girls I went to nursing school with are no longer nurses. And so I believe all of the men I went to nursing school with are still nurses, but of the women, you know, and again, there's absolutely zero, there's zero problem with that. But I think that for me in nursing school, I always kind of felt like the odd one out because I was obsessed with critical care. And I knew from day one, I wanted emergency medicine. That was that was it for me. Like I, and all of my professors told me I'd, it'd never happen. I would never get a job in emergency medicine right out the gate. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, it felt really good when I got that job to be able to kind of, I actually went into one of my professor's offices and threw down my letter of uh, my offer letter on her desk and, and told her like, don't ever tell someone what they can't do. And it really, because I think, and that was the encouragement, right? Of just like go into med surge, go into, you know, something that's like not as, as 
quote unquote intense because like you need that experience before you move into other specialties. And I just personally, I just, I don't believe that. I think you can do whatever you want. You might have to work a little harder and you might have to be a little bit more patient with yourself because the learning curve is so steep. But at the end of the day, if it's what you want to do and it's what you're passionate about, go for it. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't thinking about it like that, but it is a good point that you do bring up. I was just thinking because I feel like every nurse I've ever, like I talked to when they were in their BSN program, most, most of the students wanted to go into LND. So I just thought it was like an interesting, I don't know, trend, I guess you could say like that, but it's true. I mean, there is, I kind of did feel like at the time, like, like the odd one out because I wanted to go into PEDS specifically, like not LND. But again, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want it to be, to seem like we're, you know, bashing LND nurses. They're great at what they do. And of course they're needed value, very valuable specialty. I just want to note that, but um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of specialties that within nursing or even honestly within healthcare that seem to be more dominated by women. And then there's other specialties that are more dominated by men. Like when I, just an observation, I remember like a lot of guys tend to want to go into the ED or ICU. It's either one or the other. Not a lot of, not a lot of nurses that I know who are male that was interested in going to like, I don't know, peds or, you know, the floor, like the med surge floor, you know, it's usually like those I guess, higher stakes specialties, they tended to go there. So, I mean, it was an interesting point that you brought up, Audrey. So thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for sharing about your guys' experience in nursing school. I was reflecting on my program and I think it was a little toxic actually that many students looked down on other students who wanted to do specialties that weren't critical care or weren't emergency medicine. And me going into pediatrics, that was seen as a not desirable specialty in my program. And I did float pool as a nurse. And so I did work on medical surgical floors and I did work in the NICU and the PICU, like neonatal and pediatric intensive care units. And I loved being able to see different types of nursing and different like intensities of nursing and I loved being in float pool, but I do think that it's interesting what Audrey was saying that many of the, it just happens to be that many of the women in her nursing school aren't nurses anymore. And I wonder if that's going to happen to the nurses in my program who were in my program. And I wonder what that says about like the future of nursing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I know we'll definitely talk about, we'll talk more about that later on in our conversation. But, you know, on my end, like, although in nursing school, I wanted to be a peds nurse, I ended up going into critical care and, you know, working with adults uh, specifically, because um, I know the one thing in nursing school that was mentioned was to get experience in med surge before you go into a specialty. and. Honestly, I don't know, like I appreciate the time, like my, my whole entire work experience as a nurse has been with adults. And while I did learn a lot and I, there were certain things that I enjoy and a lot of memories, 
but I kind of wondered how things would have been if I did actually go into pediatrics when I graduated nursing school, because I know that's a very popular conversation in the nursing profession. Like, should you go into med surge before going into a specialty or should you just go straight into the specialty? And I know Audrey had alluded to that a little bit ago and curious to hear you guys' points on that too. I think I'm a little bit of a biased person to answer that question just because I chose float pool, which is, I went everywhere in the hospital. So I didn't actually choose a specialty. Going into nursing school, I just didn't feel like I was a really big like kid person. Like I feel like I have different like strengths and talents and perhaps I'm not the most like mushy gushy, like warm, like sweet talking, like, oh, you're so cute kind of a person. But what I really love is teenagers. And I think like being able to be in pediatrics and working with teenagers and kids of all ages has given me a lot of experience and like changed my perspective on what I think I want to do in nursing. So as I think about the question, should we go into a specialty or should you go into medical surgical? I don't have a very satisfying answer. I think my answer is, I think you just need to, each person needs to ask themselves and don't actually care about what other people think. And it's going to be okay as long as you choose something that you're passionate about. Yeah, I agree with you, Alina. And I think it also comes back to like your professional goals, you know, of like what you want out of your career. I think there's been a longstanding kind of tradition of people going into med surge before they go into another specialty like you know the emergency department or like the ICU or any kind of critical care specialty and there are certain specialties that require experience in those critical care things before you can step into that next level you know like becoming a CRNA you have to have certain credentials within critical care before you can even apply to CRNA programs flight nursing and things like that Uh, So again, I think it just kind of comes back to your professional goals and what you want out of your career. I think it was just for me really disheartening because I think there were a few more people in my class who would have wanted to maybe try their feet at critical care and were kind of were very heavily discouraged from that. I mean, at that age, a lot of people are really malleable and impressionable. And, you know, you're sitting in a class being taught by someone who is potentially 30 years on the job and you're supposed to look them in the face and say, no, that's not what I want. I mean, that's a really hard thing to do. And I'm not saying that I have some, you know, like massive even amount of courage in that I'm just stubborn (laughs) and I don't like being told no or what to do. (laughs) So I, I think that And I always want to understand why. And no professor could ever give me, like, I sat in offices with professors, like, why is this a thing? What, what, you know, and I could never give, I could never receive an answer that made enough sense to me to pursue the avenue of doing med surge prior to going into critical care. So, you know, I'm curious in terms of like professional goals and things like that, where do you guys see yourselves going in the next five, 10 years, you know, what is something that you feel like you would, a place you would want to see yourself in? So I'll go first for this question. And I feel like in the past year alone, my professional goals have definitely like changed and shifted and all this stuff. 
which is a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for these changes. So Audrey, Alina, and I, we're in the same program, getting our doctoral degrees. However, Alina's in a different track compared to Audrey and I. So we're both in the population health and systems leadership track, which basically, if you want to give a long story short to what our track is, it's definitely more public health focused. And so for me right now, when we started our program, I was thinking that, hey, we're, I'm going to get into policy and maybe be in politics or something like something to that nature. And then after take our first quarter, I was kind of like, mm, no, I don't think so. However, it has reinforced me wanting to be more involved in, in the advocacy realm. And I still don't know entirely what that means, but I know I want to be um, an even better advocate for the communities that I want to focus on serving and also to kind of redefine or reimagine nursing to think about like the non-traditional options professionally and also the ways we address pertinent health issues on a larger scale. And so I haven't finished ironing out the finer details, but as of right now, that's definitely the direction that I'm going towards professionally. When I started this nursing program as a graduate student, I came in thinking that I was going to be a great nurse practitioner. I was going to spend the rest of my career, you know, prescribing medications, diagnosing, working with patients and their families. And as I've taken this, these classes in this program, I've realized that actually my interests and passions might be a little bit different than being a nurse practitioner in a clinic for the rest of my career. And I hope that as I continue to take classes that I will be able to understand more about myself and what I really want to do. And perhaps in my career, this may look like being involved in policymaking, perhaps being a nurse practitioner entrepreneur who tries to, who does consulting for different projects. At this point in time, I'm very open to exploring my different interests. And I think that is one of the great things about nursing, as Rakia mentioned earlier in this episode, that with nur within nursing, there are so many different specialties, not just within nursing care, but in different, even different industries. And I think that's very exciting for me to think about. Rakia, I'm curious for you, you know, I remember what it was like to be a college student and to be, you know, have all these aspirations about what I wanted to do and what I wanted you know, especially the first five to 10 years of my career to look like. I'm curious what, what kinds of dreams are mulling around in your head. Yeah, I think as a pre-nursing student, while I was completing all of my prereqs, pre-requirement classes, I was very technical in terms of what I needed to get into the nursing major. Um, I was very specific about my extracurriculars. I was very on top of my grades and really focused and driven towards uh, this end goal of getting into nursing school. Um, and I learned so much through the process, but it was a very like high stress kind of uh, attitude that I had since all I wanted to do was get into the major. But now that I'm in the major, I am a lot more relaxed and I feel more comfortable in where I am at in terms of my 
lifespan in that I want to be like a sponge. I'm just like trying to like get as much experience, learn as much as I can, and just like absorb as much as I can with the place that I'm at at this point. So if in class we're learning about kidney disease, I am like taking the extra step of like trying to figure out the connections between the anatomy to the nursing manifestations and considerations. But I'm also like taking the time to go volunteer at the COVID call center where I'm getting experience with telehealth and communicating as a nursing student over the phone with people in the community that have questions. And so I think my past self often comes in to play when I'm thinking about my future, where I'm very like organized and being like, okay, two years in med surge, two years in my specialty, then go back to graduate school and then like do what I want to do. But then I'm also like trying to balance being open to whatever comes my way. So I would say that like I have the tendencies to be very precise about what I want to do, but from you all, I'm learning to like take it as it comes, trust my gut and really be open to my passions and lean forward to that. Yeah, I wish that I would have known about like more opportunities when I was younger. Uh, You know, I wish I would have understood the breadth of possibilities for nurses that were outside of the clinical realm. You know, I think I still would have pursued initially a, a clinical role, but I think that for me, I would have I would have probably gotten into politics and policy and all of that stuff a little bit earlier on and, you know, maybe sought out work through the Department of Health or, you know, at the state level a little bit sooner if I had understood that that was even a possibility. And I, you know, I think it kind of touches on one of the things that for me when I was in my program that was frustrating for me was that the majority of my professors had been out of practice for at least 15 years. And all of them were med surge nurses and save one was a pediatric. And so I, I think that that somewhat tainted the experience a little bit in that it really didn't give, there was really no diversity of experience. So how could they teach diversity of experience? I think it's great that you're already, Rikia, being kind of shown this, this world of of diversity within the possibilities of nursing, because that was definitely not something that uh, I had the pleasure of receiving when I was in nursing school. You know, one of the things, Audrey, um, I was thinking, and Rikia too, is trying to give ourselves grace within the times that we were in school. And even Rikia, like right now, when you were talking about telehealth, like I said, I've been a nurse for six years, so I'm not that far removed from the from my undergrad program, but that wasn't even a thought process in, at least in healthcare at the time when I was in nursing school. And to think that now, especially because of COVID, you know, people are utilizing telehealth and telemedicine more, that could become a thing or a specialty in and of itself for nurses to get into. So times have changed, you know, definitely. And, you know, we all know that technology has you know, improved a lot of things. And also for nurses that creates more opportunities to do different things instead of being at bedside um, your whole career, which again, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But if 
you're the type of person that really wants to pursue other specialties or other non-traditional options in the future, whether it's you know in um, politics or in consulting or entrepreneurship in some way, then that's available to you. And I'm uh, that's one of the again one of the things we've already mentioned about nursing. That's great. It's just the flexibility. Like you don't you don't have to stay in one area throughout your whole career. And for me, that brings me a lot of joy. And even if right now, like, I'm still unsure of how the end goal, like my professional goal would be, will turn out to be, I know there's going to be an option available to me at some point that will conform or will reflect what I want to do. So yeah, I mean, nursing is great for that aspect. So I'm kind of curious as to what you guys also think that what you enjoy about nursing, what you like about it. I agree. I like that as well, Sammy, the just like feeling that there's no dead end and that there's always a possibility for something new and something different, maybe something that even fits me better than what I'm doing currently. And I do, I mean, what I did love about, do love about being a pediatric nurse is just being able to work one-on-one with my patients and their families. And there is a lot of joy that comes from that. And I wish that we had better incentives to be bedside nurses. And so like, I really value nurses who want to be bedside nurses. And I hope that as I continue on to end my graduate studies and as a professional, that I'll be able to still continue expressing appreciation and working well as a team member. And sorry to answer back to your question. I just wanted to say like, one thing that I do like about nursing is the team focus that we have that I think we try to break down these barriers or these we call them silos in healthcare the the differences between doctors nurses and other healthcare practitioners I think nurses are trying to work on that and I think that's valuable yeah I would heavily agree with you Alina I think that the team aspect for me was also one of the reasons why I was so drawn to emergency medicine because when I was in high school, I volunteered in an emergency department and just seeing how, especially in a non-teaching hospital. So, you know, you don't have, and teaching institutions are absolutely necessary and wonderful. And I feel like some do this better than others, but I think sometimes with the teaching aspect can sometimes create an even bigger divide between the nursing and doctoral staff. But in a non-teaching hospital, you there's really no possibility for that because the attendings can't distance themselves from the nurses with residents. They're, they're just, they're it. So it's this very, and that was what I, I personally started off my profession in was a level two trauma center that didn't have residents. So it was just nurses and attendings and techs. And that was our team. And there was just no separation really of church and state there. We were all together, all as one, trying to achieve the same goal. And it really bonds you. I mean, some of my closest friends, you know, that I've formed over the years have been people that I've worked really critical cases with. And it, it does, it leaves a mark on you. And I think that one of the things that I've absolutely loved about nursing is that camaraderie and that ability to enter into spaces of, you know, dark humor that a lot of people wouldn't out, you know, outside of nursing or outside of even critical care might not 
appreciate or understand. And, you know, especially my family, that's, that's definitely been an adjustment to try and help them understand my sense of humor sometimes when it comes to my job. You know, another, another aspect of, of nursing that I really love for me was the intensity of it as well as the flexibility. So I'm a very much like I work hard, play hard and the ability to come to work and to work, 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 and then be able to take, you know, a week off without actually taking time off of work was really, I loved that. Like that was one of the reasons why I was a bedside nurse for so long was because of the flexibility of the schedule, as well as the like constant engagement of my mind at work, especially in departments where I've worked, where it's been self-scheduling. That part of it for me has been a real necessity in terms of keeping myself sane, you know, being able to come to work to give everything I have and give 110% and then, and then to be able to walk away from that experience and know that I did everything I could and be able to enjoy myself and not have this, you know, for me personally, I, when I was, especially when I was in my like mid to late twenties, having a like nine to five Monday through Friday job was just, I I couldn't imagine doing that. And I felt like I was going to feel trapped or imprisoned, but because I had this flexibility of, of being able to, to come and go kind of as I pleased, it was very helpful for me to maintain a level of sustained interest in what I was doing. So yeah, I feel like that kind of ability to couple the high intensity with the flexibility was something that I really enjoyed about nursing. Audrey, you had brought up the camaraderie and I have to admit that's kind of like, I feel like that would be number two for me after flexibility because nurses, we stick together like glue. Like when you, especially when you have that, you have a colleague that is just, honestly, they can be closer to you than your own family. Like, because obviously you're, th- you're going through the trenches together during shifts, you share the, the nice humor and the dark humor within the profession. And honestly, like we, we support each other well. And I don't often, I don't really see that in other professions. I mean, not like I know every single profession that exists, but I feel like nurses, we support each other very well. And I honestly, like all my job experiences, I mean, whether the type of floor I worked on was good or bad, is I never really have any issues with people that I've worked with. Everybody's always been solid and we support each other. You know, if a patient's deteriorating, the other nurse goes in to help your other patients and is there to support you. And yeah, I really, I really enjoy that. And I feel like in my current work environment, that's something I kind of miss a little bit. Not saying that I don't have um, good team dynamics, but it's just not the same as to when I used to work in the hospital. I, I do miss some of that. So th- those are really good points. And as much as we, we love, we enjoyed nursing, we got to talk about the other side of it. So what is something that you guys don't like about the nursing profession? I can say for me, two things come to mind. One is, I think, the double standard of how far the hospital system or, you know, whatever system you're in feels like it can push nurses versus any other type of staff um, and demand participation in ways that, you know, 
are found nowhere else in healthcare, especially when it comes to mandatory overtime, extra, you know, extra shifts, being so, you know, the nursing shortage is one of those things that is, I mean, it's been around for decades now and it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's getting worse. And, you know, we saw this last year with COVID nurses vastly underprepared for dealing with a pandemic that was so lethal and being forced in many ways to endanger their own lives and for some to give their own lives in order to care for other people. And that is kind of, I feel like that's definitely the motto that I was fed as, as a younger nurse was, you know, you're here for them and you as a person don't matter that like you are here to give of yourself, not ask or take. You are here to simply give. And it's that, that mentality that I think just makes, that's why turnover is so high. That's why burnout is so frequent that we don't teach nurses how to advocate for their own well-being in spaces. And we often put nurses in such dangerous situations. And then you look at the lives that these nurses lead outside of work, and it's so deeply impacted by all of these things. Because there is no education about finding counseling or being able to say no to overtime or extra shifts and, and things like that, or, or taking you know, taking a break after a really difficult critical case. I, I, I just think that there's, there's no space for humanizing nursing staff a lot of the time. And we just expect nurses to act like robots and to just suck it up and keep going. And I will say, as a, especially in, in the specialty of emergency medicine, so many of the nurses that I encountered were, you know, functional alcoholics or addicts or, you know, had really like all of that stuff permeated into the rest of their life. Major issues, you know, with their children and their marriages, you know, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, like it all, it all contributes all of that stress and tension and, you know, demand ends up impacting people's lives. Like even recently, one of the institutions that I work for instituted this policy that residents cannot work more than eight hour shifts. And <laughs> I had to chuckle because I was like, where is that for, for nurses? Where is that level of respect of that acknowledgement of the difficulty of what we're doing to say that us working past a certain amount of hours is dangerous or unhealthy, not just for us, but for our patients. So that, that would be probably my biggest bone to pick with nursing culture as, as a whole. Yeah, I would agree that it's not necessarily, I enjoy nursing and I really value being a nurse and I wouldn't trade it for any other profession. But I think the system that we are placed into work is just awful. And like Audrey was saying, if we're essential workers, why are we be, being treated as non-essential? Why do administration give us like donuts? And that's supposed to help us cope with the fact that our patients are dying and that we don't have PPE. It's not equitable and it's not equal. So the, the bone that I have to pick is 
again, more with, uh, yeah, no one told me in nursing school that I was going to be really hard to work in a system that doesn't appreciate me and will pay me poorly in many states for something that is super high intensity, very demanding emotionally, physically, even spiritually as well. I think that we're not educating our nurses, our future nurses. And I don't say this to scare anyone away. I think that there is much that can be done on administration side to support like the well-being of their staff, especially because we are the majority of their staff and their crucial staff. They can't make money for their hospital without our labor. So I think they should treat us like we are as valuable as we truly are. Ooh, as you guys were as you guys were talking, I just had to like reflect <laughs> on maybe the top two things. And as Alina was saying, like I'm grateful to be a nurse. I I'm glad to be a part of this profession, but that doesn't mean because you love and enjoy what you're doing, you can't acknowledge the the problems that exist within it and the desire to see a change in nursing culture and and the hardest thing and with COVID, Audrey had already mentioned this, is that, you know, as loved and trusted as we are as a profession, we are undervalued. And just thinking about how nurses are treated, like I remember when I first started out as a nurse, I I thought, hey, nurses, we have it in the bag. We never have to think about, you know, our job being insecure or you know, things like that. But with COVID, I realized, I learned that, yeah, you, your job is not that secure as you think it is. And just thinking about, you know, the the nurses who have protested, the nurses who have brought up concerns at all levels, and their, their needs are being ignored by administration and management, things like that. I mean, it's just awful. And you're expecting us to do so many things. And Alina said it too, like it's an intense job. It's not easy whatsoever. And we're not paid enough. We're not recognized enough. And, and it feels like the, the culture it, for nurses is like, well, it is what it is. And you just got to take it for what it is. And that's not okay. Nurses should be properly compensated for the work that they do, especially in times of crisis um, like COVID. It's, it's unacceptable that, you know, nurses have been going through all these things and not been properly compensated for it. That it just doesn't make sense to me. And then also the lack of nursing, the voice of nursing in other realms of healthcare and leadership and things like that. It's kind of disappointing, to be honest with you, just thinking about the COVID task force. And if I say this, the name of this wrong, correct me guys. So, I mean, basically people had to petition to make sure that a nurse is on there as for representation. Mind you, other professions don't even have, there. there is no additional thought to them being on this task force. But for nurses, like, hey, we've been here, you know, especially with COVID, like we are working our butts off, but yet you don't want to put us on this task force. Like, what does that say about how much you care about nurses on a national level? That makes no sense. Now, if everybody's kept up with the news, there is a nurse on the, ta- the COVID task force. And I think even in some of the um, stuff that's going on at a national level, there is nursing representation. But still, it's just like, I feel like the nursing profession as a whole has to be more vocal and more adamant to be in these circles while other professions don't. And, you know, somebody listening to this might say like, 
oh, well, I don't know why you're, you know, boohoo crying about this. It's, it, listen, this is not a boohoo crying moment. This, we know what we do and our voices need to be there in these places. So it shouldn't even be a question about if nurses should be in these conversations related to healthcare or not. So yeah, I think the, those are the, the main things for me that I, I really dislike about nursing, just, you know, the undervaluing and the, the additional efforts it takes for nurses to be represented in larger conversations about, about healthcare, business, public health, you know, all that stuff. Ricky, I know um, you haven't started working as a nurse yet, but I don't know if, if there's anything you feel like you've picked up as of right now that may kind of, that's something that you may not like about nursing so far. I don't know if you have anything like that. I think I am really thinking about the transition from uh, being a nursing student to being a new nurse. That is something that I am worried about, scared about, especially as a student that is going through remote learning, having to transition my learning from my computer screen to actually taking care of someone is something that is transitioning my learning from my computer screen to real life and applying that knowledge to my care with patient is something that I have been thinking a lot about. I've heard a lot of comments about the differences in support for new grad nurses. And I think that that is something that I would like to see change in the nursing profession, rather than having a a disparity between senior nurses and new nurses working together and really supporting new nurses that they navigate new experiences, especially now since learning is difficult given the pandemic. You know, Rakia, you are the next generation. You are the next score of nurses that are going to be entering into the workforce, I think, in a, a very different way than, than my generation did. And I, I think my generation was still very much accepting of the status quo. And I think that your generation is going to be less likely to do so. And because you're being exposed to experiences like this and you know you're you're seeing it all over the news you know there just wasn't any kind of real attention being put on the nursing profession at that point in you know i mean when i graduated it was during the height of the recession and there was a like basically like almost national wide job freeze in organizations across the us because of the the economic downturn. And I went to like my senior year of nursing school, I went to a like quote unquote job fair. And literally all of the hospitals handed out form letters that said, unfortunately, we're not hiring right now. And I went to my like associate Dean and I was like, what was the point of that? If nobody was hiring, why in the world would you host this job fair? You know? And she was like, well, you know, we didn't know that that none of them were going to be hiring. We knew it was a possibility. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's just so discouraging. Like I, I was one out of seven out of 47 in my class to get a job when we graduated. And so I, I feel like so many people were scrambling just to get jobs, let alone actually be able to 
take a step back and say, am I okay with this? What does this salary say about how they value or devalue me? Like those questions weren't even remotely on the table because everyone was just so desperate for work in the first place. Again, I'm really excited to see what your generation, Rakia, does with this profession because I think with all the media attention that this has received, I think there is a definite potential for the next generation to be like, no, we won't just show up and do what we're told. Like we are valuable and we've proved it. We've shown how much you need us. And if you're not willing to compensate us or to treat us like we are valuable, we can find other opportunities that will value us the way that we deserve to be valued. And that kind of gets me thinking about, you know, because Rakia, like you and your cohort are the next generation of nurses of Sammy and Alina, I'm curious, like whether or not there's any, you know, advice that you would give to the next generation of nurses in terms of things to be excited about, things to watch out for, things that you wish you would have known while still giving yourself grace in that space when you were in nursing school thinking about entering into the workforce. Man, it. I honestly feel like, and I know there's a comparison thing in my head that I want to, I'm imagining because I feel like my, my experience in nursing is so short. So I, I want to feel like I can't give good advice, but I know it's not true. So even if I've been in nursing for the short amount of time compared to others, there is still something I can, I can give uh, to the next generation, which includes the Rikia. I guess what I want to say as for advice is just advocate for your patients, for sure. Advocate for your patients' families, yes. Advocate for the communities you serve, yes. But even more so, make sure you don't forget to advocate for yourself. As a nurse, no matter what setting you work in, you can get into situations that can compromise your, your license. And your license is everything in this profession. You don't have a license, you can't work, period. But even if it wasn't just about your license, it's really more so about your health. You know, um, nurses, I mean, our occupational injuries are like what? Back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, all these other things. And then of course, other other things that can come up. So uh, other chronic illnesses that you may not have had when you started the profession. So you really need to make sure that you advocate for yourself in all these situations, like people will make you think that it's okay for you to work an excessive number of hours or to do things that, you know, not necessarily, it may not be like explicitly wrong per se, but it's just like, oh, because it's your coworker or it's your friend at work or whatever. It's like, it's okay for you to do it. No. I mean, if it's, if you know it's wrong and it could be become a problem, tell the person, no. If a doctor expects you to do something that you know is not correct whatsoever, hey, you know, you explain as to why, why this could be a problem for the patient or the family, whatever it is. And if that becomes an even more of an issue, then you talk to your management to, you know, to address that effectively and so on and so forth. But yeah, don't sacrifice yourself while you're trying to do your job. At the end of the day, you, you, you have to go home you, and you have a family. And even if you didn't have a family, you have to go home, you know, you have to go home. You can't take all that work stuff with you and not addressing the stressors and just being okay with everything that you're told and not thinking too deeply about it could create a lot of problems for you. 
down the road and you don't want that. And for me, it kind of took probably a good couple of years for me to actually say, hey, you know, I, it's okay for me to stand up for myself or to tell people, no, like this isn't right because it may not necessarily be the patient. It could be the patient's family has this concern about something and it'd be important for you to talk to them before you proceed with this intervention or whatever it is. Just make sure you always, always, always advocate for yourself. That's my biggest advice. This is a tough question for me because I feel like I am a very, I am a very young nurse and I've, I am more of the opinion that I need to be soaking up and learning from the people around me and the nurses around me. I would 100% agree with Sammy. Like you need to, or every nurse needs to find for themselves why it is they are in this profession. Why, like it's, kind of cliched, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent like sincere when I say that, like you need to figure out your why. And I think if your why is another person or it's something outside of yourself, if the situation arises, like that person maybe changes or that, uh, like that situation is different, you might feel like your foundation is shaky. So for all the nurses like new and like current nurses, I think we need to like look inside ourselves and know for ourselves what our why is. And that why really could be patience. That why could be, you know, you want to serve the community. Your why could be something even like you don't like the status quo. Whatever your why is, make sure that that's secure and that's for yourself. And it's not for anybody else, but it's for yourself. And I think that when you ground yourself with knowing your own strengths and your gifts and your passions, that you will be able to have a foundation that will strengthen you and keep yourself going when maybe things around you are just crazy. Alina, I love what you said about, you know, understanding your why. I feel like, and this, you know, this may be a, a kind of terrible analogy, but the way I look at it is, you and your profession, it's, it's kind of like a marriage, you know, and you have to rem go back to remembering like why you made this commitment in the first place. What did you love about this in the beginning that drew you to this in the beginning? Because there are going to be days when you absolutely do not love what you're doing. And, you know, just like there would be days that you really just do not like your partner. I think that there's an element of that you have to have a long memory in that space of what drew you to this in the beginning. And it doesn't mean that you have to stay in one place, like, you know, just like in relationships, like we evolve and we grow and it's still, you're still participating in that same profession, just in a different way. And I'm going to kind of throw one a little bit out into left field, just because I wish that this was something that I had invested in earlier on in my career is counseling and therapy. I think that mental health is something that, you know, we don't talk enough about as nurses in terms of our own and the secondary trauma that we incur as a result of doing this job. And in any, I don't care what arena you're in, I don't care what specialty you're in, there are going to be moments in which you are a part of traumatic situations. And that's just a fact. It's not if, it's when. And for me, I spent so many years burying all that stuff and not having conversations about 
what was going on. And it, it ended up spilling over and permeating into every part of my life to the point where like, I went, I went home for Christmas one year and my parents were like, you know, we like really love you, but we really don't like you right now. And you have become incredibly cynical and hard and jaded. And you're just not your joyful effervescent self. And we get that you have an incredibly difficult job, but we're concerned about the impact that it's having on who you are as a person. And that was a massive wake up call for me. And I didn't start counseling until probably like a couple of years later after that, but it, it really was kind of that first seed planted of like, wow, okay. So I didn't realize how much this job was really impacting me personally. And I thought that I was, I thought I was managing pretty well, but it became very evident as I started examining my interpersonal relationships, how it was starting to become a very toxic thing. And so I had to, I didn't want to change profession. So I had to find a different way to cope with the things that I was seeing and the things that I was dealing with. And for me, that started with counseling and with therapy. And it was the best decision I could have ever made for myself because it allowed me to have someone who has is completely objective in a third party and has no personal skin in the game when it comes to my life and my career, be able to hold a mirror up to what was going on in my life and ask, do I like what I see? Or how how is being a part of this experience impacting my life? And, you know, in everything, in, in intimacy, in, um, in personal, interpersonal communication, all of it, 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 it allowed me to have perspective again, that I had completely lost by burying all of this really intense stuff that I had been a part of. And that's still something to this day that I actively participate in. And I just finished 10 years in, in emergency and trauma medicine. And I'm specifically working with my counselor right now to kind of process how 10 years of being in that environment has, has impacted me as a human being and how both positively and negatively. So I would say for me, you know, my, whenever I talk to new grads, that's one of the first things I talk to them about is like, do you have a counselor? Do you have a therapist? Who are you going to, to process these things in your life? Because putting all of that on a family member who might not actually tell you the truth is, is not beneficial. And it's not helpful to your family member either, because they don't deserve to have all of that unloaded on them either. So having that third person who is literally there specifically just for you, I think is, is so vital to having a healthy balance in, in your career. And Audrey, I, I, I echo that, you know, we definitely need to normalize mental health, mental health, you know, therapy, all of that. Like nursing is as wonderful as it is, as um, there's so many opportunities within it, you know, but it's a lot. It's a lot that we are exposed to on a daily basis. And I, I hope in the future that schools, systems, whatever area that would be able to make these changes would take that into consideration of how they structure programs, you know, the stress, the burnout, and not in like, you know, a superficial way, like really talking about that. I remember working with a nurse that who was pregnant 
And because of the stressful nature of our floor, end up she ended up miscarrying. And that's a reality of this profession that this can happen just because of stress alone. There are people I remember hearing that, you know, develop these chronic illnesses because stress from the job. And I never heard about that in school. Just talking about the realities in this profession, as much as we talk about the good stuff, you know, again, it's not a deterrent, but it's just to make sure people understand going forward that if you really think that you're going to, you know, it's all about the money, then it's going to be very difficult for you to, to last long in this profession because, you know, the, the impact that it has on your mental, your physical health, emotional health, all that is, is, is not a joke and it should be addressed at all levels, like having these conversations in the open and just, man, I, I honestly, Audrey, when you went into talking about mental health, like I, I wish that was something that I did when I started out, or even maybe after a year in, just kind of getting used to things because nobody ever really talks to you about when a patient, you know, dies or when you get into these situations that what's it called? It's morally conflicting. Nobody really addresses what that means. You know, dealing with really, really difficult patients, like from all ends. Like I remember having patients that were just disrespectful and rude to all staff, not just nursing, not just nursing alone, doctors, housekeeping, anybody that walked through that door, basically, but you still have to provide care. You know, you can't just kick somebody out, which by the way, you actually can, but anyway, that's not the point. It would just, it just takes a lot for that kind of stuff to happen. Nobody ever talks about the impact of a doctor just literally ripping into you just because you missed the medication, giving a patient a medication while you're trying to deal with a code or another um, issue, because let's just say maybe the floor short, short staff that day, you know, how does that affect your self-esteem? There's a lot of things that go, that is involved in the nursing profession that I hope in the future, our schools take that much more seriously and talk about it as soon as you enter in a, an associate's program or a bachelor's program, wherever you start out, that, that conversation is talked about from the get-go. So you don't have nurses quitting before they're even a year in into the, their job. And Audrey had said this earlier too, nursing shortages have been here for a long time. And unfortunately, it's, it's still, it's still going to go on. I want to I wanna be optimistic and say, hey, things will change you know, right away. And no, it's not. Until those very prominent issues are addressed in nursing culture, in our system, we're still going to have nursing shortages. And again, I apologize for taking it kind of down a dark path a little bit, but these are the issues that nurses have been talking about for decades, and they still have not been addressed. And I'm hoping, especially be, you know, with COVID showing these and making them even more explicit, that this will be, this will be what it takes to make sure we we get those structural changes for the nursing workforce. Yeah, I, I very much agree with you, Sammy, when it comes to talking about the kind of cognitive dissonance that occurs with, especially with traumatic events like a patient dying or having a patient code or the various kind of traumatic situations that, that can occur. 
And I'm curious, cause like, I, I don't know about you guys and I'd be interested to hear if you've had similar experiences, but every time I interview for a job, one of the questions they actually ask in the interview is like, so what does self-care look like for you? I've been asked this since my very first job interview when I was 22 years old, right? Like that question has been around for a long time. But what's interesting to me is, is that that's the only place that it exists, at least as far as my experience has gone. Not once in a meeting with a manager or with a superior, have they checked in and basically been like, how's your self-care game? How's your self-care journey? Right? Like the only place that that is brought up as if it's some sort of mandatory mandatory quota that they have to meet in, in like, we have to ask this question just to say that we asked it. And everyone I feel like gives the same response, right? Like uh, I journal or I do yoga or I go for walks. Um, and no one is ever really honest about that. At least I can speak for myself. I was not. And because, you know, like who's actually going to say, oh yeah. So when I get off shift, I drink a lot, I watch TV and I eat a ton of food. Like that's not, you would never say that in an interview, even if that's your reality of coping. So I'm curious as to what kind of coping mechanisms you guys have formed over the years and, and specifically like what healthy things, you know, outside of nursing, because it's all about balance. What kinds of things have, have brought you a sense of rejuvenation and refreshment and, and tranquility when, you know, a lot of the times those are definitely not things that we experience on the job. Yeah. Thanks for asking this question, Audrey. I wanted to just circle back for a second to your comment about getting counseling. I think that is so crucial that it's okay to talk to a third party person about things that you're dealing with, because I think it'll open up the space for you to enjoy your time with your family and your friends. And yes, like one thing that I did for a little bit was talk to family and friends about what was happening at my job. But then when I found that counselor, that gave me time to really be completely 100% open. And then I could leave and just go back to being like my normal self. I could leave my burden at the door and enjoy like who I am outside of work because each one of us has things that we're not just more than working a shift like we are so much more than that and this past year something that I have enjoyed doing a lot is um, making art so I embroider and I find that when I embroider I, I sew a I stitch a piece for some with someone in mind that brings me a lot of joy to, to go through this like meditative process of creativity and it takes a long time but I think the the time that it takes is what makes it good for me that I don't expect instant gratification from a piece that it'll come together over several weeks and that process that slow process is very healing and meditative for me yeah thanks for that question I um, I'm really thankful that my program is taking the time to talk about self-care. They have given us like assignments to reflect on what self-care means to us and really focusing in on what gives us pleasure. And I feel like, yes, there's scope for improvement in terms of like teaching self-care, addressing self-care rather than through assignments. 
but I am thankful to have that space to like reflect and really think about it. Over the course of this year, I am in a space of really giving my self-care like a trial and error phase of like seeing what I actually genuinely enjoy doing. I've been dabbling into cooking with trying new vegan options, but also trying to cook foods that I've never experienced cooking before. Um, I'm also also involved in like embroidery and artwork. And I've also been spending a lot of time just reading books that have nothing to do with healthcare or nursing so that I have a place where I can escape to. I've been enjoying a lot of fantasy books and really uh, diving into that. And spending time with friends and family while compartmentalizing my nursing school experience and taking care of my whole self has been a priority for me. But I'm interested in hearing how and if your self-care journey has changed over the course of your nursing career and if that has impacted the way you view the nursing profession. Great question, Rakia. Great question. I, I can only speak for myself, but my, def, my journey definitely of self-care has evolved. I had zero self-care when I first started probably for the first six years of my career, I had the only part of my life that was self-care was travel. And I'm a like adrenaline travel junkie. Like I'll, it's just something that brings me that constant change of scenery, that constant change of people and environment and all of that is something that I'm deeply addicted to, but I wasn't processing anything emotionally. And I, so in an essence, it was kind of like running from one space to another and not ever taking the time to slow down and look at the impact. And so the intention of using travel was good, but again, that, you know, kind of intent versus impact, the impact wasn't what it needed to be. And it couldn't erase what I was experiencing at work. And so I was carrying that with me. And so as the years went by, I started to realize how deeply the the emotional trauma was running in my life and had to reckon with that and come to, you know, essentially have a come to Jesus moment with myself and say, okay, am I going to continue being miserable and so constant, like chronically frustrated at work, or am I going to do something about it? And for me, that counseling and therapy was, was the thing for me that really started that and for me personally over the last even just couple of months reinvesting in music for me has been a huge release and being able to sit down at the piano and play and sing and cover music and just enjoy playing music again because the only space in which I've done that in the past is church and church has been completely virtual and so it's been really difficult to participate musically in that space So for me to be able to have that ability to sit down and really invest in that has been a massive space of peace and rejuvenation to be able to invest in something that I I really love and enjoy and just kind of get to let go and not worry about what happened at work yesterday. But yeah, it's definitely, it's been a journey. I I have definitely not been perfect. And I definitely had some really unhealthy 
coping mechanisms and, you know, was definitely an emotional eater for many, many years and still struggle with that. And uh, there were years where I would definitely drink too much, you know, so it's, it's definitely something that you have to be aware of your own strengths and weaknesses and that self-awareness and self-reflection is really important when it comes to self-care. But yeah, Rakia, that's a great question. Yeah, Rakia, that's a really good question. For me also kind of like what Audrey was saying, like my my self-care has definitely changed since I started on nursing. Like thinking of when I first started, I guess I could say like shopping was my <laughs> way of doing self-care at first. You know, you get, start getting that that real money coming in through your paycheck. So it's like, yay, let's go shopping and, you know, start going out with friends for brunch and doing those things. And then after that, it kind of started transforming into traveling. And I really do enjoy that, like just being out of the area and just exploring new places. And I think as of right now, I I mean, I still do enjoy traveling, but because of COVID, obviously we can't really do that. So it's kind of, it was kind of hard uh, as a hard adjustment because it was like my go-to, like, I know that every three to four months book a trip to go somewhere and because of COVID can't really do that. So now I've kind of been doing a lot more like online classes. Like right now I'm doing a watercolor art class. And then also I participated in a writing workshop and that has been really helpful, especially during these times. And also I really enjoy going to art museums. I feel like, again, similar with what some of us have already said about art, it's you can lose yourself in art. And the nice thing about art is that there literally there are no rules. Anything that you can think of can be art. And for being in a work environment where there's constantly rules, protocols, and things like that, it's nice to just be in a space where you don't have to think about any rules. Like it's okay to make an error or mistakes and stuff like that, because at the end of the day, what you end up producing is beautiful and it's artistic. So I just love enjoying that. So for me, my artistic endeavors are mostly through online um, resources these days, but I do find that it has really helped with some of my stress and just dealing with, you know, these times that we're living in right now. So yeah, it was nice kind of, um, it was nice getting to hear you guys' perspectives on nursing. I mean, I know we talk a lot, you know, throughout the week anyway, and in different formats and stuff like that, but just to hear your perspectives on nursing even more so is really brought me a lot of joy and I just love getting to know you guys even more so. Thank you to our wonderful audience for being with us on episode three of the Safe X Brave podcast. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Safe X Brave. Thank you again for joining us on our journey to creating safe and brave spaces through diversity, equity, and inclusion. Come back next month as we continue these very important conversations. Until then, be well and stay safe. Bye.